Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. So today we're continuing from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 8, Text 35. So the phenomena with Zoom, um, <clears throat> just for the uh, sound logistics, <clears throat> you can all stay on mute, but of course, feel free to repeat the shloka. And then uh, when we go into discussion and questions, of course, at that time to unmute. But yeah, we welcome everyone to follow along. If everyone goes on unmute, the sound starts to clash and sounds a little muddled. Okay, so text 35, Canto 4, Chapter 8. Dhruva Maharaj leaves home. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. <clears throat> Dhruva Uvacha. Soyam Shamo Bhagavata. Sukha Dukha Hatmanam. Darshita Kripaya Pungsam. Durdharsho Smardi Daistayaha. Dhruva Uvacha. Soyam shamo bhagavata sukha dhuka hatatmanam 
Darshita Kripaya Pumsam Durdarshos Marvidaistuyaha Druva Uvacha Soyam Shamo Bhagavata Sukaduka Hatatmanam Darshita Kripaya Pumsam Durdarshos Marvidaistayu Dhruva Uvacha, Dhruva Maharaj said, Saha, that, I am, this, Shamaha, equilibrium of mind, Bhagavata, by your lordship, Sukha, Dukha, happiness and miseries, Hata, Atmanam, those who are affected, Darshita, shown, Kripaya, by mercy, Umsam, of the people, Yudarshaha, very difficult to perceive, Asma, Vidai, by persons like us, Tu, but, Yaha, whatever you have said, <clears throat> Dhruva Maharaj said, Srila Prabhupada's translation in purport. Dhruva Maharaj said, My dear Lord Nardaji, for a person whose heart is disturbed by the material conditions of happiness and distress, whatever you have so kindly explained for attainment of peace of mind is certainly a very good instruction. But as far as I am concerned, I am covered by ignorance in this kind of philosophy does not touch my heart. Shri Prabhupada's purport. There are very classes of men. One class is called Akamis, referring to those who have no material desire. Desire must exist, either material or spiritual. Material desire arises when one, when one wants to satisfy one's personal senses. One who is ready to sacrifice anything to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead can be said to have spiritual desire. Dhruva Maharaj did not accept the instruction given by the great Saint Narada because he thought himself unfit for such instruction, which prohibited all material desires. It is not a fact, however, that those who have material desires are prohibited from worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is the essential instruction from the life of Dhruva. He frankly admitted that his heart was full of material desires. He was very much affected by the cruel words of his stepmother. Whereas those who are spiritually advanced do not care about anyone's condemnation or adoration. In Bhagavad Gita, it is said that persons who are actually advanced in spiritual life do not care for the dual behavior of this material world. But Dhruva Maharaj frankly admitted that he was not beyond the affliction of material distress and happiness. He was confident that the instructions given by Narada was valuable, yet he could not accept it. The question raised here is whether or not a person afflicted by material desires is fit to worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The answer is that everyone is fit to worship him. Even if one has many material desires to fulfill, he should take to Krishna consciousness and worship the Supreme Lord, Krishna, who is so merciful that he fulfills everyone's desires. Through this narration, it will become very clear that no one is barred from worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, even if one has many material desires. Translation, again, Dhruva Maharaj said, my dear Lord Naraji, for a person whose heart is disturbed by the material conditions of happiness and distress, Whatever you have so kindly explained for attainment of peace of mind is certainly a very good instruction. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm covered by ignorance. And this kind of philosophy does not touch my heart. 
Umagyan Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chaksur Militam Jaina Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Vandeham Shri Guru Sujita Padakamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavam Scha Shirupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakam Vitam Scha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shumati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Panchakalpaturubhyas Chakrupasunda Vyevacha Atitanam Pavani Bhyo Vaishnave Bhyo Namo Namaha Jayasi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadarhar Shri Vasadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Very generous and inspiring verse and very supportive verse and purport hearing from Srila Prabhupada and elaborating on the um, yeah, the honesty of a disciple such as Dhruva Maharaj coming forward vulnerably and honestly, revealing his mind to his spiritual master Narda Muni. And then we'll see Narda Muni in, in the expert role of a spiritual master accommodating Dhruva Maharaj so that he can make advancement. Just like Srila Prabhupada one time a devotee, yeah, devotee went to Prabhupada and said, Prabhupada, you gave a certain instruction. And then to this devotee, you said something different. And I can't remember the exact details, but basically Prabhupada said, I knew this disciple was going to do it anyways. And if I said not to, then he would have done it and it would have been Guru Aparad. Also in the eighth canto, in the Gajendra prayers, there was a time when, you know, one sannyasi, some of the sannyasis in in our movement, they were quite young taking sannyas. Prabhupada was breaking ground and it was, a very, it was a very groundbreaking time, took risks, gave sannyas to very young men. And some, and some of them um, weren't able to keep their sannyas vows. And in the Gajendra prayers, there's a purport regarding how the alligator, he's, his strength is in the water. And for the elephant, the strength is in the land. So Gajendra was in the water, was weakening. And Prabhupada actually in a purport elaborates how even if one is in the sannyas ashram and they struggle, better to keep fighting Maya, even if it means taking to Grihastha life. We hear from Acharyas, previous Acharyas, this phrase is used sometimes, Vantasi, one who eats their own vomit. So you could say according to custom and culture, for a sannyasi to give up their sannyas vows and go back to household life, it's described to be vantasi, like eating your own vomit. Prabhupada didn't scold or shame this devotee, saying, you're just now going to eat your own vomit. <laughs> Prabhupada, is, Prabhupada is encouraging, whatever it takes so you can keep fighting maya, don't give up that fight. And so the acharya, the spiritual master's expert, at times there will be an intensity very cutting sadhu, 
performing the surgery, open heart surgery, revealing to us the anarta, and even saying, stop this, don't do this, nonsense. And then there'll be times where the spiritual master is expressing incredible empathy and compassion and supporting a devotee, knowing their heart, the sincerity of their purpose, and supporting them so they can keep in the fight of Maya, even if those material desires are there. Uh, just to kind of get a little, sometimes by this time in the morning, um, our energy level, if we've been up since early in the morning, we might just need a little even exercise to waken us up and a little mental uh, exercise. So I just wanted to ask the Sangha here and you can just go on unmute, preferably if you can, or if you only have the facility to type it, you can also type references. Before going more into the purport, uh, just for a few minutes, I'd like to uh, unpack this point where Prabhupada says, Whereas those who are spiritually advanced do not care for anyone's condemnation or adoration. And then Prabhupada says, in Bhagavad Gita, it is said that persons who are actually advanced in spiritual life do not care for the dual behavior of this material world. So before going more into this point about the mercy and compassion of the Acharya, of the spiritual master, um, the disciple being honest and approaching the spiritual master with vulnerability and honesty, and then also how Krishna consciousness, no one is barred from Krishna consciousness. I, I would like to go into that, those themes, but just to start with, if um, devotees can share just references from Bhagavad Gita, there's numerous ones. Um, it says in the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that persons who are actually advanced in spiritual life do not care for the dual behavior of this material world. And they do not care about anyone's condemnation or adoration. So I'm going to, I'll ask Brenda, because I'll, I'll have to move my, I'm on my phone, so I'll ask Brenda to read the references, unless you just go on unmute. I'll just start with an example. Uh, in chapter 14, uh, around 20, in the 20s somewhere, I don't have the Bhagavad Gita right now with me, but basically there's a verse where Krishna says, one who uh, sees praise and blame, honor and dishonor is the same, who treats alike friend and enemy, like that, there's there's several verses throughout numerous chapters uh, in Bhagavad Gita. So that's one example about Krishna. Basically, Arjuna is asking, how does it trans? What are the qualities of one who has transcended the modes of material nature? So there's a thread of instructions Krishna gives about, and you know, who doesn't an advanced personality doesn't care about anyone's condemnation or adoration. So, yeah, I'll open it up. If you, if Brenda, you want to read any, or if any of you have references, please go ahead and um, recite them on unmute, and mainly from Bhagavad Gita, because there is uh, quite a few from various chapters. Please Hare share. Hey, how do you hey, uh, Would that be um, happy? Those who are wise um, are neither touched by happiness or distress as they're coming by, like the months of, or they're like the seasons of, like winter and summer. Yeah. Is that kind of? Sure, okay. that's, that's a good reference. Happiness and distress. Happiness when people praise me, distress when people condemn me. Yeah, to stay tolerant between the two. Very nice. So, Prasprabhu wrote in the chat, Krishna mentions that his devotees, <clears throat> Krishna mentions that his devotee who is unattached to honor or dishonor is very dear to him. That's 1218. Nice. Um, yep. There are quite a few, actually. I mean, 
I use the help of technology and replacement for my memory, but I know in 5.3 is talking about, Krishna's talking about um, not hating or desiring the fruits of activities. And then such a person free from all dualities easily overcomes material bondage. That's 5.3. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and then uh, Shami Prashad was referencing 12th chapter, Honor and Dishonor, there's uh, friends and en- who treats alike friend and enemy. There's a thread of verses about, I like this phrase, Prabhupada says, who does not care for the dual behavior of this material world. So yeah, 14th chapter, 12th chapter. Can anyone remember any from the sixth chapter or the 18th chapter? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna Mother Nature. Can you hear me? It's a little bit scratchy and we're in the process of getting anybody can hear me or not. We can hear. Okay. Well, I'm still on the twelfth chapter. Looking at the twelve 14. I'm not sure if we could. Maybe if you go off video, it might, the reception, it might. I'm wondering if that would, yeah, maybe we could hear you better. Can you hear me now? Yeah. So I was just going to read 12, 14. One who is not envious, but is a kind friend to all living entities, who does not think himself a proprietor and is free from false ego, who is equal in both happiness and distress, who is tolerant, always satisfied, self-controlled, and engaged in devotional service with determination, his mind and intelligence thick on me. Such a devotee of mine is very dear to me. Nice. So yeah, throughout the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is giving the ideal platform of one who's transcended the modes of nature, who's free from um, dual, the dual behavior of this material world, who does not care about anyone's condemnation or adoration. And here we're reading about Dhruva, who was at this stage, in this particular point of the, of the pastime, he's not on that platform, he's being very honest. He's saying that these are ideal instructions, just we hear from Krishna. Yes, Krishna, these, we know these instructions of qualities of behavior that are dear to you. Um, he lists uh, a whole thread of verses about, you know, one who, one who has acquired these is in knowledge, otherwise they're in ignorance. Um, he talks about one who's in the sixth chapter, one who's conquered the mind. Uh, they see with equal vision, the neutral, the mediators, friends, enemies, lump of you know, gold, stone, pebbles with an equal eye. Here, Dhruva is wanting a kingdom greater than his grandfather. What to say of just some gold or... And so we can see the ideal from a thread of verses in Bhagavad Gita, really giving the, the benchmark of the qualities of a devotee, of a surrendered devotee, of one who's dear, who's transcended the modes of nature. And this is, Prabhupada says in the 12th chapter, one purport, you know, to call oneself devotees is basically, it's, it's Hara, he, he, he quotes that, you know, one must have all these qualities. It's not just a, a cheap, superficial, nominal position. 
and there'll be symptoms we can see for ourselves. We can see, oh, let me read this verse in 12th chapter, in the 14th chapter, in the 6th chapter. Am I, am I there? So in this verse today, Juvamarj is expressing um, for persons whose heart is disturbed by material conditions of happiness and distress, whatever you have kindly explained for attainment of peace of mind is certainly very good for instruction. But as far as I am concerned, I'm covered by ignorance and this kind of philosophy does not touch my heart. I'm gonna go into a verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam in the second canto, but before I do that, I was just reflecting just my own personal experience, especially in the beginnings of Krishna consciousness. You know, I would go to the Sunday feast or devotees. Sometimes, you know, I'd be sitting there at the Sunday feast or maybe, you know, after in the afternoons after school, we'd go to Gorungas to the restaurant there. And sometimes devotees would approach myself or my friends and, you know, ask if we have a Bhagavad Gita. And I say, no, not interested. You know, not interested. I'm not, you know, they would share, even I would hear some, um, talks in the Sunday feast, but Hari speaking, and I just, I just didn't connect. I did appreciate just sitting and hearing and just being part of it, but it wasn't, quote, it wasn't like touching my heart. But then at seven o'clock when the prasadam would come out, I was talking to Jagannanda Prabhu about this, when that hot halava and samosas and chutneys and pakoras and sabjis, when that would come out, then my heart was very open. And so, I was thinking of this phrase, a secret weapon, how Srila Prabhupada, you know, he really orchestrated things so dynamically, these Sunday love feasts, where everyone's heart would be touched with sumptuous, sumptuous prasadam. And uh, here we have so many young people coming and older people coming, all kinds of people coming with different desires. And it wasn't like a whole room full of yogis. People were coming to the temple and there was a secret weapon for Sodom, even for those who aren't willing to hear the philosophy or accept instructions. Uh, just the, the dynamic, how Srila Prabhupada, like Narada Muni, said, all right, well, here, take this prasadam. Simply take this uh, simply wonderful. So now let's hear a little bit more thoroughly about uh, in today's verses. There are various classes of men. Prabhupada refers to the first one, he says, called akamis referring to those who have no material desires. So in the second canto, uh, there's the other twos. There's the um, akama, sarvokama, and moksha kama. Akama, sarvokama, those who are full of desires and those who desire liberation, moksha karma, moksha kama. So I just like to go over that verse and then, uh, yeah, we'll open up to discussion. I will have to end a little before nine today. We have a few high school presentations coming up after nine. So in the... Uh, Chapter 3 of 2nd Canto, verse 10, pure devotional service. The verse goes as follows. Akama, sarva, kamova, moksha kama udharadi, tivrina bhakti yogena, yajeta purusham param. A person who has broader intelligence, whether he be full of all material desire, without any material desire, or desiring liberation, must by all means worship the supreme whole, the personality of Godhead. So again, like today's verse, very comforting, very supportive for a practitioner, for a disciple, uh, to be able to be comfortable and feel safe to vulnerably say, yes, this is where I'm at in my process. And I'm not ashamed, I'm not embarrassed. At the same time, um, I, I want to move forward. And so therefore, a regular push 
and a healthy feeling of embarrassment that, oh, by nature, I'm an eternal servant of Krishna. I have the, my soul and its zenith of its potential has the, is, is at a platform of Tivrena Bhakti Yogena. And that potential is there within me. So I'm going to, here's, here's where I'm at. And the spiritual master is so expert. I'll work with his generosity and encouragement. And then by taking to the process that the spiritual master gives us, the heart gets gradually purified. And then that platform of, of um, pure devotion or service, Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema will manifest. So in this verse, it's saying a person with broader intelligence, Udharadi, whether he be full of all material desire, without any material desire, desire and liberation, must by all means worship the supreme whole, the personality of Godhead. I'd like to read the last few paragraphs. It's a very um, wonderful purport just to elaborate on this principle. Akama is one who has no material desire. So Prabhupada in the beginning of today's purport goes into goes briefly into discussing akamis. So he elaborates a little further here. A living being naturally being part and parcel of the supreme whole, Purusham Purnam, has as his natural function to serve the supreme being, just as the parts and parcels of the body or the limbs of the body are naturally meant to serve the complete body. Desireless means, therefore, not to be inert like the stone, but to be conscious of one's actual position and thus desire satisfaction only from the Supreme Lord. Srila Jiva Goswami has explained this desirelessness as bhajaniya parama purusha sukha matra swasukatvam in his Sandarbha. This means that one should feel happy only by experiencing the happiness of the Supreme Lord. This intuition, it's really nice. I like how Prabhupada uses this phrase, intuition. This intuition of the living being is sometimes manifested even during the conditioned stage of a living being in the material world. In such intuition is expressed in the manner of altruism, philanthropy, socialism, communism, etc., by the undeveloped minds of less intelligent persons. In the mundane field, such an outlook of doing good to others in the form of society, community, family, country, humanity is a partial. So it's not that it's not a manifestation at all. It's a partial manifestation of the same original feeling in which a pure living entity feels happiness by the happiness of the Supreme Lord. Such superb feelings were exhibited by the damsels of Braj Bhumi for the happiness of the Lord. The gopis love the Lord without any return. And this is the perfect exhibition of the Akama spirit. So the Dhruva Lila is so inspiring because we see Dhruva, he had Sarvakama, so incredible, right? Who wants a kingdom greater than, you know, the, the, the uh, Swayambhuva Manu and Guvera and all these personalities, right? Just, I want a kingdom greater than practically anybody's in, in the cosmic manifestation. And then coming to a point where he says, wow, all these desires basically come into the platform of like how the pure devotees are feeling. Wow, all these desires I had, my Lord, they're like broken glass. We referred to that verse a few weeks ago. And now I just want to serve you. So like that, the gopis love the Lord without any return. And this is a perfect exhibition of the Akama spirit. Kama spirit, or the desire for one's own satisfaction, is fully exhibited in the material world. Where the spirit of Akama is fully exhibited in the spiritual world. 
Thoughts of becoming one with the Lord or being merged in the Brahmajyoti can also be exhibitions of Kama spirit if they are desires for one's own satisfaction to be free from the material miseries. Moksha, that's a moksha Kama. A pure devotee does not want liberation so that he may be relieved from, his, from the miseries. Even without so-called liberation, a pure devotee is aspirant for the satisfaction of the Lord. Influenced by the Kama spirit, Arjuna declined to fight in the Kurukshetra battlefield because he wanted to save his relatives for his own satisfaction. But being a pure devotee, he agreed to fight on the instruction of the Lord because he came to his senses and realized that satisfaction of the Lord at the cost of his own satisfaction was his prime duty. Thus became Akama. That is a perfect stage of a perfect living being. Udaradi means one who has a broader outlook. People with desires for material enjoyment worship small demigods, and such intelligence is condemned in the Bhagavad Gita as Rita Jnana, the intelligence of one who has lost his senses. One cannot obtain any result from demigods without getting sanctioned from the Supreme Lord. Therefore, a person with a broader outlook can see that the ultimate authority is the Lord, even for material benefits. Under the circumstances, one with a broader outlook, even with a desire for material enjoyment or for liberation, should take to the worship of the Lord directly. And everyone, whether an Akama or Sakama or Mokshakama, should worship the Lord with great expedience. This implies that Bhakti Yoga may be perfectly administered without any mixture of karma and jnana, as an unmixed sun ray is very forceful and therefore called tibra. Similarly, unmixed bhakti yoga of hearing and chanting, etc., may be performed by one and all, regardless of inner motive. Om Tat Sat. Wow, beautiful purport. Purports Prabhupada is giving. So we can see that um, going back to today's verse, uh, through this narration, it will become very clear that no one is barred from worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, even when it has many material desires. I found it very interesting in the second canto purport, Prabhupada saying, in the mundane fields, such an outlook of doing good to the others in the form of society, community, family, country, humanity is a partial manifestation. And he says that this intuition of the living being is sometimes manifested even during the condition stage of a living being in the material world, such intuition expressed in the manner of altruism, philanthropy, socialism, communism, etc., by the undeveloped minds of less intelligent persons. So again, in a very supportive, generous manner, Srila Prabhupada in the purport to 12th chapter, it's right before chapter, right before text 13, where he goes into the list of qualities of what are the qualities of a person that's dear, the qualities that are dear to Krishna. Um, it's those shredda verses that if one you know can't perform you know full devotional service then work for me and one can't sacrifice those those thread of verses and in one purport Prabhupada actually says just due to circumstance one may not be able to take the devotional service and if one has some interest in one of these intuit you know it says that this intuition this intuition of the living beings uh in serving the lord may manifest when it's when it's not fully manifest, he actually says things like opening hospitals, doing some type of charity. We can actually encourage this because by this, by this engagement, then gradually they'll come to the platform of serving the complete whole. They will get to the root eventually because that intuition is starting to be expressed. Maybe Vrindar Shamyaprash, 
um, there, it's in 12, I think it's 11 or 10, there's a purport. If you could look that up and um, read that section of the purport, it's, um, yeah, like I said, I think it's 12, 11, maybe 12, 10 or 12, 12. And in the purport, Prophet says, oh, you know, even these types of charitable works could be encouraged because that will eventually lead to pure devotional service. Is anyone able to pull that up within a few seconds? I'm looking. <clears throat> Just um, also making breakfast and looking. Oh, <laughs> maybe uh, any of our other Shastrik Bhaktas there? Ganapati Swami, whenever we would study together, there was no, there was no time where we could study without having Bhagavad Gita next to our side. That was I one of. I don't see it in 12, 11 or 12. I don't see it in the purple. 12. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, in 12, 11, uh, of course, Krishna consciousness is not dependent on any other experience because Krishna consciousness itself can purify one's mind. But if there are impediments to accepting Krishna consciousness, one may try to give up the results of his actions. In that respect, social service, community service, national service, sacrifice for one's country, etc., may be accepted so that someday one may come to the stage of pure devotional service to the Supreme Lord. And then he right. quotes 1846. Great. So yeah, that's the that's the reference there. So similarly, Prabhupada is saying here that uh, at any stage, so even for such persons, we can we can encourage them. Yeah, keep doing some service for your country or whatever, and then we could give them prasadam. We can add the ideal, just like here, Dhruva Maharaj is hearing some ideal instructions from Narada Muni, and 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 it's very relevant to us because we as Kanishtas or Madhyama Adhikaris, it may be sometimes not always relevant to us when we're hearing of like Raghunandan Thakur offering ladus and then the deity takes a bite of it, or we hear, you know, the Goswamis sleeping with their Krishna Balaram deities or Parikshit Maharaj or Narada Muni not interested in sporting when they were young. And it may help us to actually hear about Arjuna and Dhruva or even as Shami Prashprabhu mentioned in a class a little while ago about testimonials, about someone who came and was exhibiting symptoms of a Kanishta Arakari, or not even a Kanishta, maybe not even interested in the deity, but was in a position of a philanthropist or an environmental activist, and then how they connected to Bhakti, and then from Bhakti they took to devotional service and accepted the Archa Vigraha, and then from there took to the Sadhana, and, and the practice, and then even started to share Krishna with others coming to the Madhyam platform. And so the testimonials of personalities like Arjuna and Dhruva, King Yayati, Kardamamuni, Ajamil, uh, Prachini Barhishat, um, Kashyapi, Kashyapamuni, Aditi, all these various personalities from Canto 1 to Canto 9, um, it's very important for us to hear about their testimonials what it does is a lot of times when we read about their testimonials or about Dhruva, we're like, wow, I'm also like desiring this and that. And I want these things. And I hear these instructions from my guru or shiksha gurus. And I just, I just, it just doesn't touch my heart. 
and then to experience the generosity of the Shiksha Guru or the Diksha Guru or well-wishers and then saying, hey, I understand where you're at. So here, here's a process. Chant this mantra, worship the deity, which, and, and we hear numerous lectures, even this morning on the altar, how Prabhupada said the Archa Vigraha, the, this Archana process is so important to purify the hearts, especially for the householders. So they understand that Krishna is in the center. And then from there, they'll know how to relate to the environment around them. Know that Krishna is the Bhaktaram Yagatapasam. He's the owner of everything. And so it's a, again, it's a very supportive principle that we're hearing in these verses that even if one is full of material desires, akama sarvo kamavat, or no desires or desiring liberation, or in Dhruva's position, definitely Sarvakama having many material desires, uh, he's, not, he's not feeling that he needs to hide or run away or just pretend to Narada Muni. Oh yeah, Narada Muni, you're giving such ideal instructions. Yeah, I'm a sadhu actually. And I'm gonna just fully embrace them. Meanwhile, inside he's just like burning with desires. He's not being mityachar as Krishna says in the third chapter of Bhagavad Gita, third chapter, he's not being a pretender. He's actually saying, your instructions are ideal. However, I've got, I'm just like, I'm the, my blood's boiling. Your instructions are ideal, but uh, I'm covered by ignorance. Whereas a Mityachar, they hear the instructions and then they pose themselves as though, yeah, I'm actually there. I'm on the platform of beyond duality. I don't care about anyone's condemnation or adoration. Yeah, I'm actually like on that platform that Krishna talks about in Bhagavad Gita. Whereas what's more sincere is like Arjuna, like Dhruva Maharaj, to, to be able to be so honest and appreciate the ideal instructions and also be able to honestly understand where we're at in our individual evolution. And in that way, we can approach the Guru with sincerity, with honesty, with vulnerability and with an openness to then hear what they have to, how they're gonna guide us. And then we can apply that process that they give us and, and, and then make advancement. And the magic of Srila Prabhupada is he would do that one-on-one -on -one, and he did it globally. For example, his Prasadam program, the Sunday Love Feast, it's just a, it's like a universal instruction like Narada Muni, so many thousands of people coming on Sundays and this, this uh, program of, of the Sunday love feast, prasadam distribution, or the archan, or the how Prabhupada established temples with archana. And he encouraged all householders, they can have a deity at home or go to the temple and worship the deity and make Krishna the center of their life. He gave, he gave instructions individually to people. And then he gave these kind of, you can say, broad, a broad process, a broad instruction, a broad practice, and yet, Anyone that takes to it feels that comfort of, wow, this instruction that Srila Prabhupada is giving is so beneficial for me and helping me with like taking honest uh, steps, you know, baby steps moving forward. And then of course, side by side, we do need our Diksha Guru and our Shiksha Guru, someone to like pull our ear when we're a little off track and bring us back on. And that is also very supportive. The sadhu is one who cuts, so, you know, we need, we need to be on that operating table once in a while and, you know, with the help of the spiritual master, really see the shortcomings and the dis-ease that's going on inside. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll stop here. Those are a few reflections I had. Um, yeah, again, when I read this verse this morning, I was just appreciating this verse from 
the verses from Bhagavad Gita about a person who's not affected by the dual behavior. And then also this verse from Srimad Bhagavatam about no one is barred from Krishna consciousness, whether one is, has no desires or all desires or desires of liberation. And also the generosity of an Acharya like Srila Prabhupada, even for someone who struggled to stay in the Sanyas Ashram, uh, how Prabhupada could see the sincerity of purpose, the sincerity of the heart of the devotee and support them uh, in making progress, even if quote unquote, they had to accept a lower position going back to household life, um, him accommodating, saying yes to a disciple, even though before he said another instruction, knowing that if they go against the spiritual master's instruction it would be Guru Aparad, and then how no one is barred from Krishna consciousness. And even for those who have, just like ourselves, at one time, many of us were activists in philanthropy, environmental, animal rights, etc. You know, I remember picking up trash on the beach for hours a day after I'd go surfing. So we see someone doing some philanthropy work or some activism. We, instead of discouraging them, we can sense, hey, look at, they're starting to express a partial intuition, which when it's fully manifest, it's in selfless devotional service. So let's fan that spark as Prabhupada is referencing in the Bhagavad Gita purport. So uh, yeah, those were a few appreciations I, I uh, gathered and um, we're inspired by from these purport, Prabhupada's purports in the verses. And uh, we have about, I, I will need to end like five minutes before nine. So we have a little over 10 minutes. If the Sangha would like to share some reflections or questions. Hi, Hi Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna, Krishna Prabhu. Um, I was looking at the last two sentences of Srila Prabhupada's purport. Huh? Um, it's, it's, quite, it's kind of interest, very interesting. This is a general principle, but we see um, later on in Srimad Bhagavatam that the great sage Nad Muni himself, he makes an exception to this principle that everyone can take the Krishna consciousness even though they are full of material desires. We see in the Krishna book, in the pastime with Lord Shiva and uh, Vitasu. Um, I guess I just read that section. It says because Srila Prabhupada writes, because the great sage Nara was aware of the nature of the demon Vikasu, he did not ad advise him to approach Vishnu or Lord Brahma. Persons such as Vrikasu, who are situated in the material mode of ignorance, cannot stick to the worship of Vishnu. So, I was just thinking about that, you know, that, yes, everyone should approach the Supreme Lord, but even sometimes, in, in certain exceptional cases, that a person could be so demoniac, you know, that they, they, they can't, they, even the great, even a great spiritual master like Nad Muni did not recommend that this person worship Lord Vishnu. Yeah, mm. yeah nice. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for that perspective. And if, and yeah, yeah. That's that that you know, as a person could be so very steeped in the mode of ignorance. It kind of reminds me of uh, Shilapapa's purport 
to the to the um uh song of people in the mode of at the end of Kaliu, people will be so much people will be so much animalistic, so much steeped in the mode of ignorance that they would be said there would there would be no preaching at that time, you know. That Kalki comes and he just he just uh, lays waste to them because they, they are so much steeped in the mode of ignorance. Mm. Of course, that's that's a long ways from now. At, yeah. at this time, you know, people have people are not so un, in such an unfortunate position. They can mm. still we can still engage them in devotional service. Uh, they can engage them in chanting Hare Krishna and so on, giving them prasadam. But <laughs> we don't want to be wrong at that time. Later on, at the end of the age, <laughs> end of this present age, you know. Where you can't, you wouldn't be able to actually, you know, preach preach to anyone or give them Krishna consciousness. Anyway, the point is that sometimes people can be so much in ignorance. There can be there can be such an exceptional condition of ignorance that you, they they won't be you won't be able to engage them in devotional service. That is possible. Yeah, yeah, and then the mercy of Lord Vishnu. He's uh, just like Bhavna Samhita says, something acidic touches milk and it turns into yogurt. And so that transformation of Vishnu to Shiva and then how Shiva is also Guru Tattva, Vaishnava Yata Shambhu, and, um, and how for those who are so steeped in ignorance, how Lord Shiva is there as a representative of Lord Vishnu to give mercy and uh, accommodate those. Yeah, that's a nice, nice reference on that. Thank you, Prabhu. Uh, some, yes. You know what's really um, standing out to me is just the, um, yeah, the relationship between Dhruva and Nardamuni and how Dhruva Maharaj is able to say, that's a really good instruction. That's like the best. It's very valuable. And where I'm at, it doesn't, it's not like that's not um, relevant for me. And just the ability for him to say that. And I think that in our own practice, um, I know personally I've found myself many times where I've, I read, we read through the Prabhupada's books, we get advice from, from devotees who are more experienced than us. And then um, sometimes those instructions don't quite meet where we're at or we'll, we'll make many attempts to meet those that advice or those instructions <clears throat> and we'll and we'll sort of realize where we're at or some days we'll think we're in, in one place and other days we'll, we'll feel more successful in meeting it but the point being that it's still a self-realization process and even when we make it attempts to follow there may be points where we realize like okay yeah like where I'm at really is here where we may try it and it we may be sort of unsuccessful but but to not be disappointed and also just for those that are giving instruction that how expert some are that they have to be so in tune and not just in tune with the the disciple the the student but also very knowledgeable about the different stages and the different ways 
the psychology of how the mind works and how people sort of escape in different ways or make excuses or like how they'll be able to receive something you know not everyone can hear it in the same way someone might need to be received and heard in a, in a certain way before they before they're given advice you know just like being in tune with the level of trust in the relationship the psychology of the student how they're you know how they open up to others and and how to approach them in that way it's it's very it's a science. Yeah, that's a very good point. It's a very grave responsibility for both the student, the disciple, and then the teacher, Shiksha Guru, the Diksha Guru. Yeah, that it's yeah, it's a very it's a great responsibility for both parties actually. When you were saying that, I was just thinking of um, my, you know, my Shiksha Guru Kumarupa Prabhu. He would share occasionally how from the very beginning, basically from day one of Krishna consciousness, it's important for the elders and for the teachers and for the uh, leaders or the gurus, whoever's it, who's ever in the service of supporting uh, new people coming, that they, they, they teach the process of critical thinking and not just being a follower. He said, we, want, we don't want a society of just followers. We want a society of critical thinking, meaning that he would say it's so important from the very beginning to guide us to guide a practitioner uh, the, the process of introspection so that they from day one learn uh, how to be as you were saying how to be honest in their own process and therefore then they can approach the teacher approach the mentor approach the spiritual master with honesty and therefore that combination of teacher and student becomes dynamic and yeah. uh, and, then, and as you said the teacher an expert spiritual master, yeah, not only know, know, knowing how to, like a parent, just knowing the stages of the, that the child is in, so how the, where the disciple is at and how to accommodate each one in a unique way, or their shiksha gurus and mentors to serve on behalf of the spiritual master. Yeah, there are quite a few comments too. <clears throat> that reminds okay. me of like Krishna and Arjuna, with Arjuna, you know, him, Krishna explaining everything in the Bhagavad Gita. And then Arjuna's like, oh, I can't do that. that. That's not very doable for my situation right now. And Krishna just on the spot was able to kind of, you know, make it more acceptable to his student or disciple on the battlefield. So. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice reference, Mark. Yeah. Arjuna. I mean, what a vulnerable expression from a Kshatriya like Arjuna, you know, Maharati, you know, just, I mean, on all levels, right? Physically, mentally socially politically spiritually arjuna is just like he's a hero of heroes and uh and and what is he how does he approach krishna karpanya dosho dharma i'm bewildered i'm feeling this miserly weakness i don't know whether to turn left or right you know please instruct me and then from that approach then krishna does he does weigh in not in a you know mean way same time he, he challenges arjuna Arjuna, you're talking like a wise person. Wise, you know, wise person isn't lament for the living or for the dead. And then starts to, he, he starts to then take on the role that Prabhupada says, friendly talks were over at that time. Now it became guru disciple. And then Arjuna now is open to the process of self-realization. It was no longer just chumming on the bed, high five, taking a nap together, having some snacks. Now Arjuna was like, all right, this is a grave situation. I'm gonna take the role of the disciple. And then Krishna is an expert spiritual master guided him uh, 
exactly in the way that was going to benefit him. Yeah, thanks for that reference. Any other reflections from the Sangha? Well, there's a, there are quite a few comments. Okay, yeah, Brenda, if you could read those, that would be easier for me. So I'm impressed Prabhu says reflection. Today's purport reminds me that the extreme heaviness and dedication to unmixed truth that we see in our Acharya's writings is practically applied in a context of deep care and long-term vision. Srila Prabhupada and everyone else in our line wants literally everyone to plug into the stream of Goranga's mercy as much as absolutely possible. Statements about the pure um, ultimate goal of Krishna Prem and its associated practice of completely pure devotional service serve to keep our vision fixed on the proper goal so we don't lose our way. Wow, that's beautiful. Let's save that one for the newsletter next week. Okay. Maybe, maybe Samir Prashpur, you can elaborate on that. That's very beautifully expressed. Thank you so much. Maybe the newsletter, that would be called Flowing in the Current of Goranga Prema or something. Um, and then Sarabhava Prabhu commented oh. on Facebook. He said, one proud bhakta when, when given advice by devotees had memorized Bhagavad Gita 2.58. Quote, when your intelligence has passed out of the dense force of delusion, you shall become indifferent to all that has been heard and all that is to be heard. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, Second chapter. And Catherine says, yes, I would say after many years of being a professor and a curator in the academic world, things happened, including losing everything, but it all happened to me, happen, but it all helped me to find my real vocation of service as a special education teacher finding Krishna at the same time I know now is connected one to the other. Hare Krishna, thank you to all the devotees at Cherry Street who have helped me on this journey. Thank you, Catherine. Really nice to have you with us. Really appreciate the Sangha. We have Barbara from West Virginia and Vijay Krishna from the Azores Island and Catherine and Sarvabhama Prabhu from Texas. And I, I noticed that uh, we got Lakshman from Sacramento area I'd um, like to welcome Jai, is it Jai Govinda Prabhu? Or, yeah, nice to meet, meet the Sangha here. Yeah, thank you, Catherine, for sharing. You know, Prabhu, uh, Radhanath Swami, he gave a nice talk to an investment corporation in London, and it was called uh, Divine Inspiration or Intuition, I think, Divine Intuition. So he was speaking to them. Uh, young professionals about how one should um, tap in to this intuition, you know, ultimately it's super soul. But he was explaining to them that um, we want to do this so we can do our work honestly. He kept driving the point home because in this world today, corporations deal with greed, selfishness, prejudice. So he was encouraging them honestly do what you're going to do honestly okay you're going to be out there working in the world kind of like Druva, you know i want an honest way so he was telling them honestly you try to do this tap in to this intuition that brings forth honesty respect integrity and he kept enforcing you know that word integrity integrity get away from greed get away from selfishness you know, bring out the real compassion in the heart. Deal with your people that way. And it was a really far out thing about how they should understand um, in their own business world, um, 
intuition. It was fascinating. Really nice. Yeah, coming to the, we'll be a worker in the mode of goodness. Nice. Hare Krishna. Anything else, Bala Prabhu? Any reflections from your good self or any others? Before we close, Barbara. I thought you said you had to leave early. Oh, 8.56. Yeah, I should, I should wrap it up here. Okay, Prabhu as well. Let us be inspired in these, these verses of Dhruva Maharaj as uh, Shamya Prash, Bala Prabhu expressed, Lord Chaitanya would just read this section over and over and over again, just experiencing the ecstasy of Dhruva's transformation to pure devotional service. And uh, Chaitanya Charan Prabhu beautifully elaborated on so many principles. So let us take uh, these wonderful instructions of Narada Muni, pastime of Dhruva and the purpose of Prabhupada to heart and made it inspire us in our Krishna consciousness throughout the day and of future days of our life. Granchara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Gopramanandi Hare Krishna. Have a good day everyone. Hare Krishna. 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 Krishna.